relentless series taken by the Sculpted Podcast. Guys, welcome back to this episode of Sculpt the Podcast. Today's episode, we're going through Relentless. And it is chapter 7 today, which is... Let me just grab it up. You are not intimidated by pressure, you thrive in it. So page 97, which is quite a fair chunk of the way through the book. And yeah, this one should be an interesting one, as always. As relentless always is, yeah. So, when you are a cleaner, you are not intimidated by pressure, you thrive on it. A cooler is never in a situation where he has to be clutch. A closer is clutch. In high-pressure situations. And a cleaner is always clutch. Now, clutch is more of an American thing. They talk about the clutch gene as an American basketballer, which is like, they always come through at the right moment. Now, a cooler is... In a situation where he has to, he's never in a situation where he has to be clutch, which means that he's never really trusted in those situations. Now, a closer is clutch, so he he does the thing that he needs to do in those high pressure situations, and then a cleaner, he's always clutch. So there's no, there's not going to be any clutch moments, right? Now, Tim Grover doesn't really like the word clutch, and I think in this chapter it goes through it a little bit more. So, first few little notes: there is no clutch G. Okay, kind of what I say. And what I've written is that there's high expectations of oneself. So I've got a bit of a personal anecdote. And it's kind of talking about how I... I previously have been much more of a cooler in this situation where I've never been in the moment to be clutch. Now, obviously, my position as a goalkeeper, there aren't too many moments where you could really be clutch, maybe a penalty... But even then, a lot of the time, it's the odds aren't in my favor. But regardless, I was never really in the right place. Um, obviously, that's my fault in terms of no, I wasn't really trusted. Now, these days, I'm not too sure where I'd be in the pecking order for a clutch situation. Again, my situation is not, not one to be put into a clutch moment too often. But it's still definitely prevalent and it's more of a trust thing and it's more of a trust of reliability in high-pressure situations. So, preparation plus opportunity, that's it. A predatory instinct, which I quite like. If you're a true competitor, you always feel that pressure to attack and conquer. You thrive on it. You intentionally create situations to jack up pressure even higher, challenging yourself to prove what you're capable of. Now, if you are a Tim Grover scholar like myself, you would know that in the last dance, and now the last dance isn't completely related to Tim Grover himself, but in the last dance, there's a scene where I can't remember who, 
but MJ, he creates a false reality, which is propagated by a by a situation where he was in an interview and they were questioning Michael about something and he basically made up a narrative saying that this person said this and whatever and so he convinced himself that someone was against him and he created the pressure he created this pressure and then later later they found out that this never happened so the incident that michael jordan made up never happened it was only there to serve this pressure he thrives on pressure now prove what you're capable of you show it in everything you do for cleaners every moment is a pressure situation Honestly, if I were you, I'd be insulted by if someone said I had the clutch treat. It's not a compliment. When people say you step up for the big games, where were you for all the other games? Why weren't you that solid and aggressive and effective all the time? So for good to be prevalent, there must be bad. If you are having good moments, there must be bad moments. Now, of course, as a cleaner, you will have bad moments. Although for the sake of being a cleaner, closer and cooler, Having the clutch gene means that your bad speaks out as much as your good does. And what Tim Grove is really trying to say that I believe is that being clutch means that you also have some pretty bad moments. And, and being consistent, you are consistently great, like Andre. Constantly working for that result. Relentless is about every minute. If you're content to wait until that last minute, you're way too safe the rest of the time. Coastlining, sorry, coasting along in your comfort zone staying in your comfort zone very very common right i've had to recently reevaluate me stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit more and it's being okay with the repercussions but then also being completely aware that the the reward is actually higher than the repercussions of not doing so it's something that i'm still learning i'm still trying to get my grips on but as i take more steps more meaningful steps in my career I try to reevaluate different approaches and try and refine. A lot of guys won't take that last shot, not because they're afraid they'll miss, but because if they make it, they'll have to keep making it. Now, that's an interesting take and one that I don't necessarily have too much uh, experience with because for me, I would think that I don't want to do it because I'm, I, would, I might miss it. Now, what, what Tim's saying is that it's not the pressure of missing it, right? And now what I would think is, yeah, that, that's true to a degree, right? When I think about if I was to take a penalty, it's not that I miss it, right? The, the act of missing a penalty, I can deal with the repercussions because I am just missing a penalty at the end of the day. The repercussions will hurt, don't get me wrong. And depending on the, the individual, they will hurt more than others. And for some, they won't at all, right? But the pressure that you have to do it time and time again, now I use that word a lot, well, that sentence a lot, but that's where the pressure lies, that you have to repeatedly do it again. And when you do something so often and repeatedly do it, the expectation of you to make it comes second nature. And that's, I think, what Tim's saying is scary. Now, I can't say I've related to that, although as I become, as I progress from a, a cooler closer to a cleaner, I, I would imagine that this is something that I would see more prevalence in. When you start that high, you have a lot to, you have a lot farther to fall, which is what that aligns with there. Easier to stay in the comfort zone. Cleaners crave that height. As soon as they stuff 
start relaxing for just a moment, they instantly feel as if they're slacking. Need to control something. Never ever do you go through a day thinking that was relaxing. To be a cleaner, relaxing is something weaker people do because they can't handle pressure. I, I do relate with that a lot, right? It's the guilt. And I don't have a problem with guilt. A lot of people say they have a problem with guilt, right? I think that that guilt is a good thing. And I don't, I don't think it's a big problem. It's just high standards. I think that when people see guilt as a bad thing, it means that they're okay with dropping to those standards every now and then. Okay, I've got a note here. And this is a little bit about the dark side. So, he likes being wound. When a cleaner wants to break from the pressure, he puts himself and he escapes to the dark side. One addiction to another for a while. Which is interesting because I think that my dark side... Now, I've, I've spoken about this just recently in the dark side episode. Now, I think my dark side is related to the game. Now, my obsession is related to my dark side obsession. So the obsession for becoming the best in the world is related to that dark side obsession. So for me, I'm not too sure, right? That obsession stays pretty concurrent, but my obsession with Winnie and my obsession with becoming the best are quite similar, very similar pursuits. And I don't think that they're disassociated. A cleaner controls the pressure it feels. I think of LeBron as a closer, not a cleaner. Now, this is an older book, right? So people did hear that. LeBron is a closer, not a cleaner. People would probably think, what do you mean? LeBron's got to be a cleaner. Now, Tim has revised that and he does say that LeBron is a cleaner. And that, that feeds into my point where I think that being a closer and then, sorry, being a cooler closer cleaner, it's a progression. And I think that's evident with LeBron as well because when Tim says that he's a closer but now he's a cleaner, that shows that there is a progression. And it's being, it's getting to a level where you're so refined. And that's what I really think that the principle of relentance is, right? You got your cooler, closer, and cleaner. And you probably start at around cooler, progress, closer, and then to a cleaner. And it's progression. And that's exactly what sculpting is, right? And you're refining. You have to prove yourself every day over and over. And it's not just proving it to others, in fact. I think that it is proving it to yourself, right? I think that a big thing is proving to yourself that you can do things. And that's where confidence comes through. And you have to be confident that the things that you pride yourself in, you are able to do better than anyone else. And that become, that, that comes through action. It doesn't come through external validation or external things. It comes through action, which I think is very important. I don't want to join you. I want to beat you. Well, the new Lakers going to get more attention than the originals. Kobe shut that down right away. I don't want to go in into, well, we share, he told reporters, no, it's my team. I own this. Use the opportunity to jack up the pressure. Become even more competitive. When LeBron finally got a ring, everyone was saying, finally, the pressure is off. Are you kidding me? The pressure just quadrupled. Now you have to now you have to get started on doing it again. So you can do it again the year after. Now, the thing that I want to outline there is jacking up the pressure. Now, I've had one situation in my life where I've played a game of pickup. Now, that's an American term. I don't even like the word pickup, but it's like five-a-side, essentially. But it wasn't five-a-side. I just went down to the park one time with all of my friends. And we played a massive game of football. And massive, I mean, duration. I think it was probably 77. But we played for about five hours. And it was crazy. It was the most fun I ever had playing football. And we were so competitive. And we really, really... We just couldn't stop playing. It was, it was the best time I ever had playing football. And 
I think there was a reason for it. We had money on the line. And when we had money on the line, we started to be more competitive. This money, money, the, the hypothetical, right? That an external thing can change the internal action. Use that. Because the funny thing is, is that we put money on the line, although we didn't pay anyone at the end of it. We couldn't, we didn't have the money. But we said the winner will get the money. Now, because the money was there in the back of our minds, we played better, we played more aggressively. If the money wasn't there, we wouldn't have done so. The funny thing is, is that we never got money in the end. So how can we use that in our lives? Now, obviously, as a professional athlete, you've got to realize that most of these guys have disassociated money between results. So when they get a result, they don't really associate it with money. Now, that's a difficult frame to be in, right? So the top, when they're at the top and they have disassociation from money, the things that drive them are merely internal, which is, it's a tough thing to keep. So how can we use that to our benefit? So what MJ did is to keep him competitive to jack up that pressure. If money isn't an issue for him, then maybe pride is, maybe ego is. How can he do that? Well, in fact, he can create a false sense of reality, which he did, which is a very interesting way to propagate pressure. Anyone who is, consist who is content with one ring doesn't feel the pressure to earn another. They need to retire effective immediately. And that's not what MJ did. If you watch videos on him in the last dance, actually. I recently just watched the last dance again. And you see him at the end of the documentary in the, the final the final um, chapter of the documentary where he asks, he gets asked by the, the interviewer about would he have kept going if it wasn't for the situation with Chicago Bulls and Scotty Pippen and, and everything that happened. And Michael has a lot of regret, I think. And he wishes that he could have done it for longer. And if he knew what the owners of Kobe Bulls were actually saying and, and doing, which he didn't know at the time until the last dance, he would have gone for more rings. And he says this. And I think he, from memory, I think it would have been his sixth ring that he was going for. And there's regret. He still wanted it. He still, he still really wanted it. But for him, I don't think it was worth it for the situation. Is there a fault there that he didn't want to batten up? If he did, arguably he would have made it work. Maybe. But maybe at that time of in his life, he didn't he didn't see it as the sacrifice that he had to give for that. Going to a new team, rebuilding, maybe not getting it the first year. Maybe that wasn't worth the sixth ring. But maybe in hindsight, he would have. Maybe he didn't see it in front of him at the time. Michael's legendary trash talking wasn't meant for the other guy. It was a way for him to heighten the pressure he put in himself. Now that's exactly what I was saying. Because once you told others how bad you're about to F them up, you're going to have to deliver on that promise. Most people run from stress. I run to it. Now that's, that's profound. And that's such a hard concept to really act upon. In just me saying it right now, yeah, great, run the pressure. No one's doing it. No one's doing it. The best are doing it. Your level of success is defined by how well you embrace and manage it. The moment you show, kill attack. Exactly what you should. Exactly what you should do when someone shows weaknesses. Stress will always be stressful. It held MJ cannibal. But getting used to being stressed is where you get results. Now that's a note of mine, which is quite good for a little kid. Again, these are old notes.
So you can let exterior influence. Exterior starts to influence when interior isn't shutting everything down, which is interesting. So these are my notes. And I think I can agree with that. So the exterior starts to influence you when your interior isn't... I guess it's when your interior isn't capable enough. So it's a it's a two-way process where you have to be interiorly well so that the exterior doesn't affect you. LeBron, we said he wasn't going to comment and then commented at length. That's a close-up. And clearly doesn't respond to external pressure. He puts the pressure back on the guy trying to get under his skin by refusing to acknowledge it. You don't compete with anyone. You make them compete with you. You can't control what the other guy puts on you. Focus only on the internal pressure that drives you. Embrace it. Feel it. So no one else can throw more at you than you've already put on yourself. Now, this is quite interesting. And Tim talks about even with Tiger Woods' apology. Now, Tim doesn't really like that Tiger Woods apologized. Now, LeBron doesn't like that he commented at length. Now, we all know LeCap kind of feeds into this a little bit. And if you don't know what LeCap is, it's LeBron Cap, which is LeBron's lies. But it's the main point is that the internal pressure is what's the driving factor here most of the time. And you have to control that. And you can't let the external influence you. It has to be internal. Now, that's very hard to do again. It, it's not as simple as just doing that. There has to be process. It has to be second nature, right? You have to reprogram yourself so that as soon as you're put into a situation, it's not a react... It, sorry, it's not a... Um, it's not a it's not a response. It's a reaction, right? You have to train yourself that it's immediately pattern recognition so that you act immediately in accordance of what you want to do, even without thinking about... For example, LeBron didn't think about his comments when he says... And then... So he says... He wasn't going to comment, and then he commented at like a closer didn't think about that, and they did it, so they were counterintuitive to what they said. A cleaner would not think about it, but they wouldn't be counterintuitive to what they said. They would be programming themselves to stay concurrent with their word. Now, that's the difference. It's reprogramming your brain for success. Kobe never reacted, never flinched, not once. After the Daily Reporters asked how he was able to not respond, his answer, why should I? I don't want to hear that someone can't handle pressure. Most people choose to not to because it's easy to stay in the comfort zone. But if you want to be successful, you have to place in the sun, then you have to leave the shade. It's cool and comfortable compared to the hot discomfort sun. You can't be relentless if you can't take discomfort. You can't be unstoppable if you only deal with pressure when you have no choice. Pressure can't bust pipes. It can also make it diamonds. Sorry, pressure can bust pipes but it can also make diamonds. Now, brilliant analogy, right? Pressure can break someone or it can make someone. And it's how you deal with that pressure. Now, I want to make an episode in the future about what is pressure. This will be more... It will help you understand this this part of the book now. If you don't truly understand pressure for what it is, you won't really relate with this much, right? A lot of this is disassociation with pressure and understanding what pressure is at its worst form. Now, this, reading this, you won't understand that just by reading it. You have to delve deep into what pressure is. Now, what I would do is I'll create a video so you do. But right now, you have to see this for face value. And if you don't, then you've experienced it. Stress is what brings you to life. Let it motivate you, make you work harder. 
Use it. Don't run from it. When it makes you uncomfortable, so what? You have to be able to recognize the difference between stress that can bring you great results and stress you create yourself that just causes chaos. When you're faced with the stress of a great challenge set before you, making the team work for a raise, finishing a job, winning a championship, undeniable gifts and buried under all that pressure, not everyone gets the opportunity to be stressed by the potential to achieve exceptional things. Keep that pressure turned up all the time. I start seeing guys slip away, slipping away around March when they start thinking about playoffs. The constant pressure starts taking a toll. They get lazy at practice. They stop putting in the extra work. The guys who quit first aren't the leaders with all the pressure on them. It's the other guys that can't stay engaged or see them. So the, the people who are at the top, it's like natural selection. The people who are at the top will be able to deal with it. Okay, the people who can't deal with it would never get in that situation in the first place. It's natural selection. The leaders don't have the luxury of checking out. With team sport, you have a lot of the other people relying on you. And you know that every day someone is meant to be taking the day off. So you're going to have to cover for them. I really like that, actually. I, I reiterate that to myself quite a lot before a game. As a goalkeeper, being a leader in the team, I always know that someone is going to be having a day off out of the 10 other people in the room. So I have to cover for them. And as a goalkeeper, I have quite a lot of influence to do so. Ask yourself, have you got the luxury? Sorry, this is my notes. I don't even know what I've written there. Eventually, even the leaders start to drift. Wake the hell up. If you don't make the playoffs, you get to go home. So what? Now, one thing that I'll also say is that it's tough, right? Humans were weird. We are very weird. We have a high level of disassociation with results and action. And when we really want something, we very rarely actually do 100% of, of what it takes to get there. Now, there's a factor of reasons, right? And I haven't thought too deeply about this because I prefer just to act. But there, there has to be a reason for it, right? We say we want to be the best, but who's doing it, right? I say I want to be the best, but it could be argued that I'm not doing everything I can to become the best. Now, within my means, within my knowledge, I'm doing everything I can. Although, there will be times where I slap off, and there will be times where maybe I'm not doing everything I can, okay? And this is what's weird, okay? I will still be able to get somewhere because I'm doing that. And then someone who is completely unaware of it will be able to get somewhere as well. And it's a weird dissociation that humans have because you might be in a life or death situation, but you might be okay with not giving the necessary effort to get yourself out of that situation, but dealing with the repercussions. So you're not okay with doing the due diligence to get yourself out of it, but you're okay with the the action or consequence of you not doing it. As I said, humans are very weird and it's very individual, but we really have to train ourselves to go in with 100% conviction and actually act upon that. Now, you might not be understanding a word that I'm saying. It's all about your lived experiences, I believe. And someone who really relates to me when they've they've said, they put the task in front of them and they know the objectives of which they need to achieve that. And then if they if they stop halfway through and, and they ditch it, they were never really about it in the first place. You have to do it with 100% conviction or 100% intention every single time. 
And that's very important. And and humans, as I've said, we're very weird. Sometimes we won't go with 100% conviction. Maybe we've done all the, metic- the meticulous planning to get in that situation of where we want to go. But we stop halfway, maybe because of the conviction level, maybe because of some other reason. But we're very weird, and very rarely do we actually do what we need to do. And there's always debate on how someone could, could have done it better. But we're weird. We're very weird. And I see it in myself as well. Every human will be like this. But I think the best are aware of it and they mitigate this as, as, as to be as little as little as possible. You have to stay there, feel that pressure and fight to stay there. It's not owed to you. It's always a choice. Craving that pressure and turning it into diamonds every day, year after year, constantly striving to be better than the best. Enough. This is who I am and I'm going to be now. You still crave that pressure. When you deal with stress all the time, it becomes second nature. When you never have to take on anything harder than your daily routine, you shy away from anything that rocks your sense of safety and control. You're much more likely to fall apart at the first twinge of pressure. This feeds into what I was saying. When you never have to take on anything harder than your daily routine, you shy away from anything that rocks your sense of safety. I think this is very prevalent in today's society. I think that we live within our comfort zone so much that anything that 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 bears to seek outside of it, we steer away from. And this goes into the programming of humans in our brains. Someone who steers away from anything outside of their comfort zone, it's a knee-jerk reaction. They've trained themselves. They don't even know why. They haven't even thought about why. But they instantly know and their, pat- their, their pattern recognition skills are so fine-tuned because they're staying in their comfort zone every single day to where, no, I can't do that. And they won't even tell you why. They won't even think why. They just know that that is dangerous. Stay away from a bat. And it's interesting because the person who has trained themselves not to think like that, that's where the results lie. And it's not easy. It comes through a lot of self-awareness. People who are listening to this episode right now, this may be a foreign concept for you, but I'm telling you, if you apply this, then this is where the fruit lies. It lies on the other side. They only believe what's inside of them. He knows what he's doing is right and what he's he's doing is wrong. He does not care what you think. He steps out of his comfort zone and challenges himself to get to the next level. Do you attack first or do you make the other guy get in the mud? Yes. That, that feeds into what I was saying there. And what I actually have here is I have a flow chart that I don't really remember what the intention was, but it's quite quite a well um, written, I guess. And it, it, it flows. I've got stress and I've got it goes into internal. You can either then use it as drive or you can either use it as panic. If you use it as drive, you're keeping yourself accountable and then you thrive. If you use that stress, the internal stress for panic, then it's a loop. That panic goes back to your stress internally and it goes stress, internal panic, stress, internal panic. If you thrive, you go stress, internal, drive, accountable, thrive, results. Stress for external would be stress, external, the external is blocked. You then are accountable then you thrive on the results. The external stress, the other option would be listen, emotion, back into stress. So when we listen to our emotion, now this is very well done for a young version of myself, a very good understanding I might say. 
when there is stress and the external stress you are listening to, you then react through emotion. That emotion then dictates back to that stress again. So we have this loop here. The loop always loops back to stress if it's taken the wrong way. If it's taken in the right way, it loops into results. Stress, internal, drive, accountable, thrive. Stress, external, blocked, accountable, thrive, results. They work in conjunction. When you fail with stress, it's internal panic stress or external, listen, emotion stress. Those are the two options you have. Now that's that chapter done. And yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I want to make that video on pressure so you get more of an understanding of what pressure truly is. I think that will help clear that up a little bit more for you if you don't fully relate with it. And I think when I first started reading the book, I didn't really fully relate with it, as I've said many a times. But where I am now, I'm starting to relate with it more and more. And as I read the book more and more, I start to find more patterns and areas in which my life has been shown through the teachings of Relentless. But with that being said, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, make sure you follow us, subscribe, like, whatever you want. Make sure you help us out. We're trying to grow as much as possible. And there's big things coming. Make sure you keep looking at the Sculpted app, getting the, the Sculpted Kickstarter up and running. And I'll be doing a few stuff um, with the media, hopefully, trying to get onto some like news channels or whatever, trying to get the Kickstarter up and running. And yeah, some big things coming, guys. So make sure you share the word and stay sculpted.